please be advised that the content in the Grave Tales podcast series is suitable for adults only. You're with Chris Adams and Helen Goltz for the Grave Tales, the series podcast. Today from the Grave Tales True Crime Volume 1 book, Sister or a Mister, Bertha and Martha Shippen. It was a new year, the start of 1902, and the Shippen family of Tawitta, a small rural town in the Murray Mallee region of South Australia, were about to find their lives changed forever. While the parents visited friends to celebrate the new year, the four grown children remained at home. But before New Year's Day was done, one of the children would be murdered. In time, a sibling would be sent to trial for the murder, a parent would be under suspicion, and a century later, a mystery remains unsolved. I think someone got away with murder. Do you? Yes, I do. So before we even know what happened, you're... <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there right from the start. <laughs> you're not going to get me, Yeah, no, that's uh, my thoughts. Right, uh, so, uh, okay, with that um, in, in the back of the mind, <laughs> tell us what happened. Okay, so the Shippen family were a farming family. There was four children. The parents went off on New Year's Eve to celebrate with some friends and left the children behind, and they really weren't children. There was Mary, or Maria was her real name, she was 24, yep. uh, which is quite old in 1902 not to be married, but she still lived at home. Okay. Then there was August, he was the eldest son, he was 18. Willem, he's 16, and Bertha was 14 years old, so she was the youngest, the okay. young teenager. Yep. So that night the parents went off to their party, the boys slept in the barn, it was only a small house, and the mm-hmm. girls slept in a shared a room inside the house. They turned in early, you know which is kind of odd when you think they're in bed by 9.30, but if they're a working family, they've probably been up since, you know, dawn, light break. Yeah, no such thing as electricity, so they, it was the old, you know, get up with the sun and go to bed when it got dark. Exactly. So off they went to bed. Bertha turned in first, so she's a young girl, 14, and yeah. Mary followed a bit later. The boys were asleep, and the barn was about uh, 73 metres from the house, or if you're old school, 80 yards, okay. just to give you a picture of yeah. it. So it was around 10.30 p.m., when Mary awoke. Now, she said she felt something heavy lying across her. A man, an intruder, someone had come into the bedroom. She was pinned down by her two arms, something caught her by arms. She said she felt the man, that person in that room, had something in his hand, and she felt it was a knife. She managed to get loose. She had an old skirt lying on a chair in the bedroom near the middle door. She grabbed it on her way out and rushed out. Okay. Which is interesting, isn't it? So she felt someone in the room, an intruder who was across her bed. Mm. She got up, she managed to grab a bit of clothing and get out, but she thought he had a knife. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bertha's lying there next to her. Bertha's in that room as well. Yeah. So she ran to the barn where her brothers were asleep and woke them up and said there's an intruder in the house. The now awakened brothers leapt into action and one of them ran to the neighbour for help to say, you know, there's an intruder in the farm. Mary and the other brother returned to the house, and, but they didn't go in. He was frightened, so they waited for the other brother to come back. When he came back, he said the neighbour said just call the local constable yeah. uh, or thought that somebody playing a lark on them. Now, all this time while they're waiting, because, you know, neighbours aren't like they are now. The neighbour was a fair distance away. Yeah, exactly. So all this time while they're waiting, there's no sign of Bertha. Bertha hasn't come out. Bertha hasn't made a sound. Bertha's still in there with the so-called intruder. So they haven't gone to find out? No, no, they haven't entered the house at all. They've just waited for the other brother to come back with help. When he returned, the other brother, they ventured in. They still didn't go right in, but they couldn't hear anyone. They went and lit the lamp, saw blood on the sofa. So then they left the house and Bertha 
to find the district constable. But these boys who are 18 and 16, so they're not young, they return with the constable. And now they've gone into the house and they found Bertha dead on the floor with her throat cut. Wow. Yeah. Odd, isn't it? And it was a really, really grisly scene. It's been described she was stabbed at least 40 times. So, you know, this is a frenzied scene and they've heard nothing. They've heard no cries. There was blood everywhere. The newspaper report said there was blood on the sofa, in the bed, on the walls. When they got to the parents' room, there's blood all over the floor. So I guess the question is, who is this intruder? Who could have committed such a brutal murder on a 14-year-old girl? Why was nothing heard mm-hmm. by these three siblings? And who did it? Presumably there was a police investigation. What did it find out? So they had an inquest first. Okay. In a matter of two weeks, the inquest was open. And there's some really interesting photos if you want to have a look at our book or whip yourself online and have a look at some of the photos because it shows you the, the shipping family in their house. And there's a shot of... Mary standing at the front of the house as well. There's no shots of Bertha. So the inquest attracted a stack of media and public interest, as you can imagine, because it's a small town and everybody was shocked. Fifteen detectives and trackers worked the case. So there was evidence from all those people, from the medical practitioner, uh, and he examined Bertha's deceased body and he said he had startling disclosures to make about it at the inquest. So by the time the inquest was on, it was hyped. So that was the newspaper headline, no doubt? Yes, startling disclosures about to be made. Right. <laughs> so the inquest began with 18 witnesses. So Bertha and Mary's brother, August, was called to the stand first. Now he's the 18-year-old. Okay. He said... He did not see any strangers about on the night of the murder. He said Mary woke him saying, run over to the neighbour's house and tell him to come. There's a man in the house who's knocked and pushed me about. He said Mary was wearing a black skirt, a blouse and black stockings but no boots. The neighbour said to him, it's probably a lark, go and get the constable as we mentioned. This is all August's testimony at the inquest. Next, Williams called. He's a 16-year-old. He said pretty much the same thing. Then the medical examiner, Dr Steele, was called and he examined our deceased 14-year-old's body, Bertha, and he examined Mary too, which is interesting. And he said he found on Mary stains of reddish colour on both her legs and on the side of her left arm. He took those stains off with a piece of cloth. So was Mary uh, asked to give evidence? She was. She had to take the stand, and the coroner asked her about her boyfriend. Now, she was going out with Gustav Nischke. I apologise to anyone listening who can pronounce that in the appropriate way. He was approximately 21. Now, she's 24. So we've got 14-year-old Bertha... 21-year-old Gustav and and 24-year-old Mary. So there's the age differences. And she called out to him at the time of the attack, which was of great interest. She called out his name. Had he been in the house or was he around the place? He had been, but not that day. She said she hadn't seen him at the house since the 29th of December. That's a Sunday. The murder took place on the 1st of January. Now, he was called up next and he told the coroner that he and Mary had been together for about 12 months and he'd been intimate with her, which is a very naughty thing to say because, you know, 1902, one doesn't, yeah. a gentleman doesn't reveal that kind of detail. He said that on Monday night, the 30th of December, so this is two nights before mm-hmm. New Year's, he and Mary and Bertha were all in the kitchen and he said he was going to go to town for New Year's Day. And he jokingly asked 14-year-old Bertha if she'd like to come with him. Mm. And she said, you'd better ask Mary. Now, you can see what's coming here. And did Mary you? snap? 
Well, Mary obviously wasn't happy about it because, you know, Mary's older than him as well. He's making a flirtatious remarks to her younger, pretty sister, we imagine, not that we've seen well, her. Well, it could be interpreted as that if you were yeah. that mindset. Yes, what a rotter. And meanwhile, you know, Mary's already laid with him as well. Yeah. So, you know, she's given him all she's got, so to speak. Uh, he went, like he said, to town on yep. New Year's Day. So town is Adelaide? Yeah, the big city. Okay. Adelaide for New Year's Eve. Didn't take Mary, which is interesting. I don't know why she didn't go with him. Yeah. Next was Mrs Shippen. She was called up, the mother of the children. And she said uh, she knew nothing and she knew no one who bore her children a grudge. So the inquest concluded, and obviously the bloodstains on Mary's clothing shone a bad light on Mary. The coroner said at the time that that was an issue because no blood had been shed in the house while she was ill. That's what she said in her evidence. But yet she had blood on her arm, leg and black stockings. So then it went to trial and she was charged with her sister's murder. Newspaper reported that Mary's face grew pallid when she was charged Mm. and uh, she sobbed bitterly and was taken away by the police. And how long till the trial got underway? March, they didn't muck around those days. The murder was New Year's Eve and yeah. March, the trial got underway. 25 witnesses were examined over six days. So it was, a, again, a circus for want of a better word. So I tell you what, though, it pays to have a good solicitor as much as it did in those days as it does now. <laughs> Prosecution's line was that Mary murdered her sister as a result of jealousy arising from an invitation from Gust of de Bertha to accompany him to Adelaide or by fear of the knowledge that Bertha had of Mary's misbehaviour and that Bertha would tell her father. So in other words, she'd be found out that, you know, she wasn't a virgin. Yeah. Gustav came under quite a bit of attack because he'd been dishonourable in announcing that. He said, however, that he had not kept company with any other farmer's girls, just Mary. <laughs> Good on There was evidence which showed that he was in Adelaide on the night and, and, and nowhere near the shipping house. Right. So he's out of the picture. He's out of the picture. It's very sad. You know, the court heard that young Bertha made a great bid for life, is what they said. She yeah. really struggled, which I find interesting in terms of the noise and the screaming. Mary wore a blue blouse at night, and pieces of that blouse were found in various rooms, evidence of a struggling taking place. His Honour, the Chief Justice, knows Bertha had about 40 wounds on the body, including gashes on the cheek, stabs at the back of the neck, and several wounds cutting down to the skull at the back of her head. Yeah, so, so as you say, prison stabbed 40 times at least. Really brutal. The Evening News newspaper also reported from the court testimonies that Mary's hair was washed, she'd cleaned herself, but that some of her hair was found adhering to the pieces of bloodstained material discovered around the house. Okay, the prosecutor said, which is quite damning, that the skirt and blouse, which Mary said she hurriedly picked up as she was rushing away from this man, this intruder, mm had blood marks on it in three places. Okay. Mm. At that stage, though, no blood had been spilled when she was running out of the house. She said. She said. Dr. Ramsey Smith, who was the city coroner, said, which is really interesting too, that they were unable to ascertain whether the blood found on the clothes and the stockings was the younger sister's blood or sheep's blood. Now, Mary had said that she'd been assisting her father in butchering a sheep a few days earlier. Mm. So they didn't have that technology at that time. No, to, she wouldn't have got away with it today. The forensic science wasn't up yeah, to it. She or whoever wouldn't have got away with it today. The trial concluded on Tuesday, 11th of March, 1902, after six days. And luckily, Mary had a very capable lawyer, Senator Sir Josiah Simon. His closing address ran for, wait for it, four hours. <laughs> But one of the most important things he stressed was that suspicion was not evidence. It was an imagination of evil things. So he reminded the jury that Mary was an affectionate, kindly girl, a dutiful daughter and a loving sister. And there was no evidence, as far as her demeanour was concerned, that would fit with her guilt. There was no evidence regarding the age of the bloodstains on Mary's clothes. So we never got the answers to who or why her clothing 
that she had on was scattered around when she was supposed to have been out of there before anything no, happened? Nothing about well that blue shirt was around. No intruder ever found, nobody reported it. Did they look for him? They had trackers, they had 15 detectives working on it. If somebody had been seen, found or heard of, mm. I'm sure it would have come out, but it didn't. Poor Augustus <laughs> didn't fare too well. He was threatened by the crowds outside court for his ungentlemanly behaviour. He was chased to the local hotel, the Prince Alfred, and the hotel owner chased him out of there. He had to go and get a new haircut and change his look, but that didn't help. He was thought it was quite despicable for outing poor old Mary. So what happened? What was the outcome of this case. Yeah, well, what's interesting, after four hours closing speech, the jury took two hours to come up with their verdict, and the verdict was not guilty. Now, it's interesting, there was applause in the courtroom, and outside, 3,000 people had gathered outside the courtroom, and a huge cheer went up. Mary's father stepped into the dock and embraced her, and she fainted and had to be carried out. And they left the court, and pretty much that's the last you'll hear of Mary. So the suspects that were possible were Gustav, who was an ally, Mary, who said she didn't do it and has been found not guilty. Mm. Was there ever anyone else in the frame? There was a few red herrings. Kevin Rosenweig is a long-time resident descendant of the family from the area. He told ABC in an interview once that he thought Bertha's father did. Weren't they away? Yes, but he thought that he had time to have ridden the horse back, done it, and gone back again. And his theory was that, basically, Bertha's father was reputed to have murdered a travelling hawker, and Bertha had threatened to reveal this, and so he killed his own daughter. Yes, but it's only a theory, of course. But supposedly, you know, one of the horses was wet with perspiration, the other was dry the next day, which is one of the theories had thought that horse might have been taken so on that long journey. So this is the parents' horses. Exactly. So the one yeah. he'd ridden was, had perspiration on it. Yeah, exactly. Historian, novelist Patricia Summerling doesn't believe he could have got back to Inn Valley by the next morning. She believes Mary did it. Jealousy is a tried and true motive for murder any day, and he's this probably attractive younger sister who's getting, you know, flirtatious remarks from Gustav, who's... Yeah hasn't yet proposed to Mary and has been going out with her for a year and sleeping with her for a year, so poor old Bertha paid the price for that if that's the case. What happened to Mary after this? Yeah, it was a pretty sad story because if Mary didn't murder Bertha, she made herself a prisoner for life. She remained in that community of Tuita and she never married. She died in 1919 from tuberculosis. She was 41. But Kevin Rosemary again recalls that she was known as a grey lady. She wore a grey dress and grey bonnet. She walked around not looking at anyone. People would say, you know, there's a grey lady, but she made no contacts, she had no friends, so, you know, if she, you know, was innocent, her life was pretty much ruined, and if she was guilty, well, as I said, she made herself a prisoner. Gustav, on the other hand, according to our records, and there's quite a few Gustav Nischkis around, but if we have the right one, he went and had six children, died at age 74 in New Zealand. But a funny little um, odd piece of inaccurate news ran a couple of days after the trial. It said that he'd married Mary after trial and they resided together in Port Pirie. Well, that never happens. And so the outcome of any further inquiries, were there any further inquiries, any further investigation that we know of? No, that was it. Nobody was ever sentenced for that murder. We don't know who murdered Bertha. The Shippen family moved. The original house is gone. No one was ever charged. Now, if you want to go and see Bertha and pay your respects... It's under her name of Johan Elizabeth Bertha Shippen. It's in a very small cemetery, a Sedan Lutheran cemetery. Yep. And you enter through the main gates off Ridley Road and her grave is towards the back of the cemetery. And Mary's grave is in St Peter's Bow Lutheran Churchyard. It's a small graveyard behind the church in an old house. And they're both resting there. So it's a sad tale. Yeah. As I said at the start of the podcast, I think someone got away with murder. If you enjoyed today's episode of Grave Tales, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute and give us a good rating. If you didn't, don't bother. (laughs) 
You have been listening to a story from Brave Tales, the series, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook, music by Kai Engels. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website. Check out our YouTube channel as well. We'll put together your own group and come along on our Great Ocean Road Tour.